0: I have a dream. My dream encompasses Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s vision, but is no way near as eloquently articulated. My dream doesn't tolerate injustice or prejudice. As a human being, I can't speak to either topic from experience. I was born white. I had no choice in the matter. It was out of my control. There are things I can control. I can control my contribution to society. I can control my behavior my thoughts, I can set an example and I can exercise empathy and sympathy for the recent events that have occurred and the senseless and violent killings of both Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. I have a tightness in my chest. My body is anxious. My mind is flooded with thoughts and my emotions go from high to low. Tears keep streaming down my cheeks without warning. Then the fear sets in the fear of uncertainty, the fear of helplessness, the fear of what the next block of hours will bring. Is any progress being made? Is anyone hearing the cries and pleas from the Black community? Are those cries being diluted by riots and looting, shifting the focus from the real issue? Welcome to Your Such a Catch. This is Erin, and today I don't even have the words, nor do I have the answers. I don't know that anyone does, but I do know this I wasn't doing enough. I may have believed that having Black friends and being attracted to men outside my race proved that I wasn't part of the problem, and I don't believe that I am, but I could have and should have been doing more. I recognize that now. I dated a man I met on Tinder a couple years ago. He was mixed. We decided to have a low-key date in my backyard. This led to what I call backyard cocktails and chill. I even wrote a blog post about our short time together you can reference on my website, yoursuchacatch.com. Our dates were different. They involved storytelling and education, primarily around Black Lives Matter. He shared his perspective on current events, then, and how they impacted his life now. He spoke about finding his identity, being a black man with light features. I have always enjoyed learning about other cultures, but some of these stories weren't your typical stories about household traditions. These stories included stories of hurt, pain, injustice. His coping mechanism? Drinking. I don't condone the misuse of alcohol, nor driving while under the influence, so I had to cut things off. But i will never forget those dates those stories the history his passion the fear and his desire to be part of the change i'm sure you also remember my trainer brent he helped me kick off the podcast as my first guest on episode 5. you was smart you was kind you was important i will never forget the morning i was on my way to meet him to work out and he called me Usually, if he was running late or checking to see how I was feeling before a session, he would shoot me a text. On this day, he called. He called because he was getting pulled over on the freeway. He didn't necessarily call to say he was going to be late, but he called so I could be on the phone with him to ensure nothing happened when he got pulled over. I wanted to laugh it off like he was kidding, but I knew he wasn't. So I stayed on the line as he talked to the officer and received a fix-it ticket to remove his window tent. (laughs) Thankfully, the worst thing that happened that day was Brent making me do burpees when he was the one to show up late. But I didn't care. He was safe. I've been hosting a driveway brunch on the weekends during quarantine. The crew comes over, we order food and have cocktails, and social distance. It's been my saving grace throughout this pandemic. The other day, a, let's call him friend, (laughs) cruised by on his beach cruiser to join us for a while. He, too, is a black man. Okay, I just blew the front cover, <laughs> didn't I? So we're hanging out, and we can all hang out in the driveway for hours, much to my neighbor's dismay. Actually, they don't really care. They just join in. But as the sun started to set, my friend said to me, I got to go. And I wondered why, like why? We're all still having fun. He looked at me, and he said, I'm a black man riding my bike at night. I took a pause and I thought to myself, there's only one way to reply to that. Text me when you're home safe. Thankfully he did. In episode seven, I had A.A. Ron join me for I found my soulmate and he's gay. You learned of our road trip we took from Nashville to Memphis. I can't help but smile just recollecting the trip. What we didn't share in that episode is that we went during Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. We went to the National Civil Rights Museum. We observed a moment of silence at the Lorraine Motel where he was assassinated. A beautiful wreath hung from the door of room 306. The inside of his hotel room preserved and left exactly how it was on that day, April 4th, 1968, before this tragic event occurred. We also got to pass through the space where James Earl Ray committed the heinous crime. It was so eerie. It felt too real. There was something unsettling about gazing from the one space to the other, wondering how a human being could be filled with so much hatred to pull that trigger. Aaron and I felt some sort of way having our trip coincide with such a monumental moment in history. Reading and learning about these events in a history book is one thing. Being there in person, following the timeline laid out in the museum and seeing the landmarks with your own two eyes has a way larger impact. It changes you. It increases your understanding, your empathy, your desire for progress, for equality. Whether you only recognize Martin Luther King Jr. once a year when you enjoy your Monday off of work, or you reference his leadership and wisdom anytime you're presented with the circumstance or situation in which his teachings can be applicable, the man had a vision, a gift, a voice, and a powerful message. His dream that his four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character? You'd think, with as progressive we are, we would have made more significant strides towards this dream. But sadly, the recent events prove otherwise. My dream ever since I can remember has been to have a mixed race baby. It's interesting to think back on that statement now. I've said that for years. I've always been infatuated with the blending of the skin tones. I'm obviously attracted to other races, In all of these years, as I've said that aloud and hoped for a unicorn to waltz into my life to make my dream a reality, I never once considered that my dream comes with responsibility. Responsibility outside the normal realm of being a parent. My dream opens the door to uncharted waters. Sure, over the years I've dated outside my race, I've received looks, comments. I've not always had the approval of friends and family. But my dream, becoming a reality, also means I would be, then, a mother to a child who wouldn't have the same privilege as I've been afforded. My dream would be Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream, that my child, God willing, or children, will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, literally. I let that sink in. We should all let that sink in. I'm hoping today that the content of this podcast episode isn't too heavy, because this is a real issue that we are experiencing in society in 2020. And we have the power to stop it. We do. It starts with us.